So that's when I was kind of like, right, it's not, I'm not wasting my time, my energy for someone who doesn't care. I'm going to go ahead, graduate early and get what I want done early. Right. So it's not for him. It's not for the team. Now it's for me. We're going to go out on the field. We're going to score as many goals as we can. We're going to have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed. It is written. That's what they say in the Bible, like 447 times, before some sort of wisdom or prophecy. Well, I'm not talking about the Bible here, or the words of the Messiah. I'm talking instead about another sacred text, a baby book, and another powerful presence, a mom. Where it was like, when the child's born, it's like what the father says and what the mother says about the child. So my dad wrote, Father, I love you, baby. Uh, My mom wrote, here comes my tennis star. In that baby book, it is written, Shaz Parani was going to play tennis. For a parent who wants the best for their kid, tennis made a lot of sense in the eyes of Mrs. Parani. She just loves the sport of tennis. She said it was just great watching the guys play. And she's like, it's a great sport to have your child in the way it's perceived it's a very classy sport um it's just very international as well so them growing up in India they moved here in 1996 and I was born in 98 so them growing up in India and just kind of like they didn't have football they didn't really watch basketball mainly cricket field hockey and like international sports like soccer tennis so it's just one of those things where she was like she's grown up watching it she loves the sport um so it was just kind of like she wants me to play it from the beginning Shaw's was signed up and the tennis journey began. So she put me into tennis like as soon as earlier, earliest I can remember is probably like when I was four, um, when I first picked up a racket. He started practicing with a coach, learning the basics, getting better and better. Until one day, four years on from that very first racket pickup, his parents saw that it was time. Time to put him in some actual competition. I remember my first tournament, I was eight. And I played in um, under 10s tournament, state level three. So as brand new tennis people here, we were like, all right, you know, maybe level one is for beginners and it goes the other way. Well, in reality, it's flip flop. So level five is for beginners, four, and it goes like that. So I played a level three, my first tournament. And I think I lost every match 6-0-6-0, like throughout the thing, first match ever. And my parents were just like, what happened? Like we had no idea what was going on because we just never knew how to like sign up for tournaments and what to play. Well, losing badly in that first tournament didn't leave Shaw's irreparably harmed. Quite the opposite, actually. He had fallen more in love. Growing up, he just wanted to get out there and play as much as possible. It just was like a love relationship. There was no hate throughout it. Um, It was always like people I know, they say like, I've had a love-hate relationship with the sport, but like For me, it was really just love throughout, like waking up, like after coming back from class or like school, I'd be like, I'm looking forward to go to practice. You know, like that's the first thing in my mind is I want to go out there. I want to practice. Like, that's what I love. But around when he was 12, 13, Shaz had a look around at the other players his age. He took note of what his lungs were maybe feeling like after training, how those muscles were forming and maybe not forming kind of realized that I wasn't getting any fitter um, than the other kids. So like around when kids are starting to hit puberty and stuff, 
I was out traveling in India. So like I'd go every summer home to travel, um, to see family, to see grandparents and stuff. And that kind of hurt my tennis game. I realized later as I grew up that over the summers, not having that practice, the training, like that two month period where you're not in school and you just go and grind and get it done. I wasn't really having those times. Yeah. I don't regret it because I was traveling the world and enjoying that as well. But at the same time, not having those few months throughout like the next three, four years really affected my game. Kids were getting taller. They were getting faster. They were hitting bigger balls. Um, the game was really progressing. I was talented, but I wasn't the most fit kid. So that's where the summer programs didn't really help where I wasn't getting fit or anything. It would lead him to start thinking about, okay, what can I do with tennis? And what do I want to do with tennis? Actually around, I think it was junior going into senior year, I was actually thinking about quitting tennis. So um, it was, I was about at the point where I was just like, what's going on? You know, like, what am I going to do with this now at this point? So growing up, you're always like, I want to go pro. There's no other goal. You want to go pro, right? You've never thought. And like for us, I haven't had any family who had gone to division one school or a university in general here in the United States. So I never really thought about going the division one route. You know, I never really looked at it that way until I got to my junior year ish where I was like, Oh, okay. This is actually a thing where you can go and just get your education, play division one tennis and go about it. And going into senior year, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I really want to do it. You know, like I'm not really getting any offers or anything. Um, I didn't really play much junior year as well. I was just kind of like, look, I'm going to quit playing all these extra tournaments and just stick to high school tennis, enjoy it and just go to college from there. Um, Well, I submitted some of my uh, recruiting videos to Mercer, Troy, some other universities uh, and Troy university got back to me very quickly. So I was like super excited. And I was like, wow, like they're actually offering me, a spot on a division one roster. And I was like, this is incredible. Important to mention here that Shaz was also shining in the classroom in high school. And so this offer involved both athletic and academic money. It's pretty cool. So he's all hyped about the offer, obviously. Any talented high school athlete would be. And I went to my coach at the time. So I'm like, hey, Troy University offered me this. Um, I'm like, want to go play. And he, my coach legitly was like, are you going to put in the work? He was like, I don't think you're going to be able to go and put in the work. He like told me to my face. He's like, take into consideration that you have to work hard. Like it's not just going to be given to you. You're not going to be just out there practicing. You're going to have to wake up early, put in the hours. And the way he told me, I was kind of like, wow. Like he doesn't, like I had doubters, you know, even my own coach was like, cause I wasn't the most fit kid. I didn't put in a lot of time when I should have in high school. You know, I didn't go for those extra runs and, Yes, I do regret a lot of that. But at the same time, I was like, look, now I have the opportunity. Why not take it and move forward and do what I can with my game? This opportunity, with a little bit of people doubting him, sparked new motivation in Shaw's. He went to visit the campus, and it really felt like the right fit. Plus, he had budding aspirations to be a journalist, and Troy had a great program. With all those boxes ticked, it was soon made official. I have photos from signing my NLI and it's one of my happiest days ever. Like, you know, you get your photo of you're signing to a school and you've never, like, you never thought you would be there. Shaw's headed down to Alabama to play division one tennis. The level was immensely different. The pace guys are hitting balls at, um, the top spin, the athleticism, like everything is just top notch. And I got in 
And I think, I think it was two or three months in and I had lost 25 to 30 pounds like that. You're up working out at like 6.30 in the morning, an hour, hour and a half before classes. In the afternoon, you have tennis practice. So everything was just kind of like a change, but I loved it. Like the first two years that I was at Troy, our team was pretty good. We had great um, juniors and seniors at the time. And I knew that maybe my first, second year, I wouldn't get as much of a chance to start on the starting lineup. At least um, singles, I kind of knew I wasn't going to get there. Doubles, I love doubles, and it's definitely my game. And to this day, I still think I should have played more. But, um, like, the first two years were great, worked hard. And then I had a a coach change between my um, sophomore and junior year. So that was kind of where, like, everything started going off and in different directions. A coaching change. It's a huge moment for a team and for individual players. Because, yeah, as easy as it is to try to dance around this fact, like maybe people will tell you a program or team culture is bigger than a coach, or if you just put your head down, do your work, the things you should get if you work hard will come. No. Here's how it is. A coach is going to make your experience on a team better or worse. That's just the truth. Now, it's not the only factor dictating your experience. I'm not saying that. But it is a factor. It will make your experience better or worse. And with that truth, we now step into what you might call the beginning of the end for Shaw's collegiate tennis career. Going into junior year, um, personally, I was like, in my head, I was like, I know I'm a top four doubles player on this team. I had guys on the roster and like teammates telling me that they know I should be playing on the lineup. So going into junior year, I'm like, all right, cool. Like we have all these fall tournaments to work it out, to kind of show what we're doing, our results and prove our way to spring season. So fall season is really individual based. You're getting to play singles, doubles tournaments, kind of prove yourself throughout the fall. And then, so that fall, I had one of the best, falls I have had in doubles ever like I don't know how else to say it we were beating teams we shouldn't have be bidding the way we were like it was just incredible like we were playing great and going into the spring season I had the second highest UTR which is a universal tennis rating for doubles like UTR there's a singles and doubles rating so it's basically how you're on a scale from basically like beginner to professional and you're all rated on one scale and basically like coming into that season, I was had the second highest doubles UTR and I was like, all right, this kind of shows that I should be playing in the lineup and that why results from the fall had proven everything. Like there was nothing else I could have proved. Nothing else he could have proved. And yet his coach just did not see him as a top player on the team. And so just going into that fall season, I don't, I wasn't given the opportunities I knew I should have gotten. Um, I don't think I was treated fairly sometimes. Um, I was told things that I didn't want to hear and excuses for me not to play. So it was just, I think that was kind of like the first time in my 18 years, I'd say, or like 17, 16 years of playing tennis that I was like, wow, I'm starting to kind of hate it. You know, it was like, it wasn't, I wasn't the reason or tennis wasn't the reason I was not liking anymore. It was just like other people, coaches and stuff were like impacting that. And I was just kind of like, is it really worth starting to hate this sport and kind of go through another year where I'm not going to be treated fairly? I, 
Like, is it really worth putting in that effort, waking up every morning at six, putting in three to four hours a day, going to study hall, doing so much? Like, is it really worth me giving my time and my effort to a coach or a team that's not really going to put me where I want to be, you know? That junior year really changed my outlook on the sport and just kind of how, like, people really treat you, you know, in ways they could care less. Like, Division One sports is – it's it's a lot about not just like you personally, but there's so many other factors that play, play into a role. Um, and it was just like one of those things and you're like, how do I avoid this? You know, like I wanted to transfer. I wanted to play somewhere else, but I was a junior. I was like, what's the point now? Right. So I talked to my advisor. He's like, you can go ahead and graduate early with your grades and like what I class the amount of classes I had taken. So I was lucky enough to where I could stay just one more semester and not play and get out early. Shaws took control of what he could control and ended his time as a tennis player at Troy. Making that decision provided him with some pretty great opportunities as he tried to rack up experience as a future journalist. I actually appreciate what I did with that because I got to work with the school's news station um, that whole semester. They actually paid me to work for them like part time. And it was really helpful because I got to cover sports um, games like soccer. I also got to do tennis matches. And it was just fun. Like, it was a great way to kind of transition from tennis straight into, like, another thing which took up my time. Working at the news station softened the blow of retirement. But Shaz couldn't ignore that his life just underwent a big, big change. Not having tennis was really like, wow, I have a lot of time. I have a lot of, like, there's just so much more you can do, right? It's like, you don't realize how much time sports practices, like everything takes up from you until it's gone. Those unexpected things that come with the transition that maybe crossed your mind once or twice, but were never themselves probably going to keep you in the sport. They're weird and uncomfortable to confront. I, my diet went down. I couldn't eat as much. Um, it just affected me how much I was eating. I couldn't wake up and eat as many eggs or things as I could because I wasn't working out in the morning. Um, I just, that drive, it was just like, you don't have, you're like, dang, I'm not going to practice now. I'm not going to go do this. Like that competitive drive is still there, but you don't know how to put it into use. It was tough. It was definitely tough. Some of those new realities weighed on Shaw's. And so he still had to come to terms with those really negative feelings he was wrestling with at the end of his career. Yeah, even though he appreciated his decision and felt good about what he did, those feelings didn't just flip like a light switch. I was low-key kind of bitter, I would say. I was definitely bitter. Because um, I feel like I still had more left in me. You know, I still had more in the tank. Definitely had more in the tank. And I still feel like I do to this day. But it's just like someone telling you that, no, you're not going to be able to use your opportunity to play was kind of, yeah, it definitely made me bitter. But the fact that it was on my own terms, I got to get out early definitely helped kind of take it in. You know, I was kind of like, all right, you know, well, if you don't want me, then someone else does, you know, right. The new station uses me. So like that kind of helped me make that transition much easier where I was like, okay, cool. You know, like I have something else to do now. Like I don't really have to worry about practices and stuff. Like it's okay that it's kind of gone, but I feel like if I would have stayed a whole year, it would have definitely made a big difference. Like staying a year and seeing them go through the fall, spring season would have made definitely me feel like um, I'm missing out on something, right? But I got a senior day my junior year. Like, I got my whole C off. 
feel like we haven't touched on senior day much or even at all in this show. And I really think it's important to do because it's such a loaded topic. And because at least in my opinion, senior day, there's some connection or significance, it feels like, to the student athlete career coming to an end. Your parents and loved ones come out to this senior day competition, the senior day match. These are the people who made you the person and athlete you are today. Maybe there's like a slideshow with some baby pictures in the mix, like really kind of tracing this journey. And you're honored for your sacrifice, for your time, to this high school or college program you're a part of now. Yeah, but embedded in that is being honored for what you've given to the sport as a whole, because it's gotten you to this point. And it gets into this conversation we have had on the show before of what is a, quote, proper ending? What are the elements of closure? What is appropriate to expect at the end of your time? Should you expect anything at all? How do you protect your self-worth, not inflate your self-worth, regulate your emotions on this day? And... I was actually really bitter that day too, because senior day is a day when you usually have like two matches or like a double header or at least a chance for all of your seniors or people to play. And I didn't get that chance. All my friends came, family showed up. You expect like, it was just not, I appreciated the way senior day went. I just didn't like that. I still wasn't given the opportunity on my last day to like play, you know? just very messed up and yeah that still kind of irks me to this day that I didn't get a play on my senior day when almost every school in the country does something for their seniors yeah it's such an interesting point I I know we used to have discussions on our team because the way senior day landed you know last home game was always like against a rival it always meant something like conference standing wise and so it's that debate of yeah, we need to win this game and maybe putting seven people on who, you know, two of them aren't, you know, our lower bench players. Like we can't sacrifice that, but it sounds like in your case, it, it wasn't even that, like it wasn't even that, that question or that balance of this person's not good enough. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, I don't know. I thought I'd still earn my spot to the, and this was all after, like I had already decided I was going to leave and stuff. So I was just kind of like, now there's no point of even complaining but you still expect someone to do something for you as like a senior, like your last day, you know. Senior days in his rearview mirror. So is his time at Troy. There's something bigger here, though, from this last bit of Shaw's student athlete story that should be explored because there's something universal about it. There must be just like this mind fuck of like. I know I'm good enough. These things say that I'm good enough. These people around me are telling me I'm good enough. But the person that it matters most who's making the decisions doesn't think I'm good enough. And I guess, yeah, what did that teach you? Or how did you kind of, what was the positive or the, or the lesson that you carried with you from that? Yeah, so that was definitely the toughest part of it all, right? Um, Knowing that you should be out there playing and you're just not given the chance by a coach. It was actually one day at practice. um, I'd never done this, like throughout my entire career, 
never gotten mad at a coach, never talked back, nothing, right? Like very respectful, no coaches or everything to you. And one day at practice, we usually got really um, like sidelined. So like he'd put certain people on certain courts and just make it very like, you knew you were kind of being pushed to the side, right? And I just kind of lost it that day. And I was just like, why aren't we all practicing together? What is this? This is crap. Like, this is pointless. You're at this point, you're basically shoving people to the side and basically showing that you could care less and they're just there. And I just like, honestly threw my racket and was like, this is a joke. Like I shouldn't be out here practicing. It's not even worth it. Like, why are we practicing with the same people every day when we're still beating them? We're still doing the same thing. And you're just not appreciating anything. You don't want to change crap. It's just, it was very frustrating. So I left, I'd walked out of practice and that was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And I was like, I'm going to walked out. I hadn't even thought of the consequences. I was just like, this is bull crap. Like I, I couldn't stand for that him at that moment. Like what he stood for at that moment for the team. I just was like, I'm not standing for that. Like, it's not fair. Right. So I left that day. I had a meeting with him like two days later about just the situation. And at that point, like the way he talked to me and the way he explained it, I was in my head, I was just like, sometimes it's just honestly, things aren't in your hand. Like, especially at a point, especially in division one athletics, I promise you there are kids who have the talent, the skill, the work ethic to play, but at a point coaches and people who are above you really just, they just stop you where you are and it hurts big time. It kind of taught me that you don't need to give who you are to people who don't really want you. Right. So like, if you don't want me there, why should I give you everything I have for when you could care less? Why should I put in a hundred percent effort when at the end of the day, you're going to see zero percent of that. Like it makes no difference. There's guys on the teams who are messing around, not really doing weights or working out who are getting all the perks on the team playing, blah, 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 because of biases. Right. And so that was just kind of like, at the end of the day, you should do what's best for yourself. And like, do what I can to further myself in where I want to go. So at a point, it's just like, forget what others think, forget what they want from you. It's now think for yourself. So that's when I was kind of like, right, it's not, I'm not wasting my time, my energy for someone who doesn't care. I'm going to go ahead, graduate early and get what I want done early. Right. So it's not for him. It's not for the team. Now it's for me. And it's you so wanna... hard. I feel like because it's so counterintuitive to so much of what they instill in you to be a a good cooperative uh, athlete. And all those lessons are important of it's not about you. Like get, don't think about yourself. Don't think about your performance. Think about the team. Selflessness is an incredibly valuable and necessary part of sport. I don't think you'd get many current or former athletes to argue with that. There's no I in team, right? It almost seems like it's a principle held in such high regard in sports that it feels wrong to talk about selfishness. Because selfishness is also a part of sports. We just don't maybe like to gas that one up as much. Especially not as it relates to mental health, whole person wellness in athletics. It comes down to creating boundaries. Selflessness shouldn't go anywhere, but it does not literally mean losing yourself. It should not mean that. And not all decisions in sport should be guided by that idea. 
But speaking of those others, Shaz couldn't help but think about... Guys on the team are my brothers for life. Like, none of them rubbed me wrong. Like, love them to death. You know, we were all a team, all for each other. But, like, at the end of the day, I kind of realized that, yeah, you have to fight for yourself throughout. At Troy, Shaz made these friends. He lost a lot of weight, found his current girlfriend, got to work in journalism. He learned a lot. Like, it definitely shaped me into the person I am today. I wouldn't, I don't regret anything that I did the last three and a half, four years. Like that whole journey of just everything I've learned, what I've put in, the effort, like I've learned time management, responsibility, um, just certain things as an athlete I haven't seen in other people, like kind of our drive to just get things done quick ahead of time. Like I've just noticed a lot of things that athletics and tennis has really given me and put instilled in me, like certain values and things like that, that I don't think I would have gotten if I hadn't played college tennis or gone through that whole rep. It's been a year since Shaz has been a student athlete. Now, he's in the same journalism grad school program as me in Chicago. It, it can be such a weird, but like freeing moment, I think, when you go from like the hyper intensity of a competitive sport to then doing it more casually more because you just want to do it whenever you want to do it so what what do you think about now what do you what makes motivates you to get out there now when it's just for fun oh it's just getting out there and hitting I get so excited it like kind of fuels you just to like get out there so like around junior year like I said I started kind of like not hating the sport not because of the sport but because of people but once I quit I was so like I felt like I enjoyed tennis more Right. For, so like that six months, like that second semester that I didn't play um, my senior year, I just went out and played with um, the uh, woman's assistant coach with some of the guys on the team. And I just felt so free. So like there's no pressure. You can just go out there and just enjoy play as long as you want. There's no one you're trying to impress. You can mess around like now. It's just I enjoy just getting out there and playing, to be honest, like it's just so much more fun that you don't really have an incentive. You're just out there enjoying the sport for what it is. Shaz can reflect on the tail end of his career, not with regrets, but with a different mindset as he's away from the emotions of it all and the everyday grind of playing for someone he just really didn't get along with. He can look outward now and think about what others in a similar position might want to consider. I feel like I could have maybe played a different role in pushing my coach a little earlier um, kind of like advocating for yourself sometimes, right? You have to, um, you have to advocate for yourself because sometimes people forget you're there, you're behind. Um, I feel like it's very important to, so like if let's say like they're in their senior year and like you said, their coach, basically like me, right? I feel like if you at that point still love the sport and you still feel like you can put in time and effort without feeling burned out or starting to hate it, it's worth it. Like if you feel like you can still put in the time and effort, you'll still enjoy being around teammates because some people honestly enjoy that atmosphere so much that they don't want to leave it. I understand that. Like that was one of the hardest things was like, dang, I'm leaving my entire team. I'm not just leaving a coach or like a program. I'm leaving my brothers, my friends. Like it's, you're leaving a lot of people. So like if you're willing to stay, put in that work and still enjoy that atmosphere for another year, especially if it's your senior year, you might as well like stay. If you can't graduate early, you might as well stay and enjoy it 
because you honestly don't know when you're going to get these years back. Right. Like one of the reasons I even ended up going to play at Troy was because my dad was like, you're not, you don't know if you're going to get this opportunity ever again in your life. You, you are not guaranteed three or four years to ever play continuous athletics or college athletics. And so if you were really, really want to play that last year and you just have that passion still, and you're not afraid to like go out there and still be shunned by your coach, but still enjoy it, then go for it. Like, I feel like if I wasn't going to graduate early, I might've stayed a year and just enjoyed it as a senior. But because I had the opportunity to get out early, I did what I could to get out. Some really great takeaways here. Uh, One, advocating for yourself. It's something we hear thrown around a bit, but you do really need to be your own biggest fan. The one putting yourself out there. You can't expect anyone else will. Number two, taking stock of your own situation because every situation is different. Obviously, Shaz had that opportunity to graduate, unique to him. What are the factors in your life to weigh if you're kind of in a similar spot? There's not going to be a one-size-fits-all approach for when or how to leave a team that's not serving you. And lastly, can you mindset shift in a way that allows you to maintain a love for the sport and your why for playing? This doesn't mean grinning and bearing it. It comes back to boundaries again. Yes, pushing yourself is a worthwhile exercise. Maybe you can think differently about your role on the team. Focus on other things you love about this experience that are valuable to you, that help preserve your love for the sport. But also think about where that line is for you. The line between pushing yourself and straying from your core values straying from who you are. Thank you to Shaz Pirani for coming on to the podcast, and thank you for listening. Hope to see you next time.